Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. With pitch and catch with Baker Mayfield on the field. I, I, listen, I think that the Browns have two number ones and they now have two number twos at that receiver position. They two are, number ones, two number twos. Two, two number, number ones, two number twos. Two number ones, two number twos. The Ken Carmen Show with Anthony Lima. Weekday mornings starting at 6. We back in the game. Back in the building. G. Bush, 216-578-0092. It's been a great show. Uh, we've been all over the place, man. We talked to, uh, obviously, recapping the Browns, obviously getting to some Ohio State Buckeye stuff. We went to some NCAA stuff. And now we worked our way all the way around the world. And now we back at what we're doing. We go to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Bring in Chris Fedor of Cleveland.com. He is the Cavs beat reporter. My man, thanks for taking some time out of your Sunday to uh, to, to come on with me and talk a little Cavs, man. G. Bush, man, anytime. Hey, man, Chris. You know, uh, Summer League is here, um, and the first thing I thought about um, was, you know, I, I you know, I just <laughs> just got married. People was like, yo, did you catch this? And, and they was like, of course you didn't catch it because you were in your honeymoon doing stuff. I said, no, I caught a little something. <laughs> I snuck away. <laughs> uh, Summer League, Summer League came around. And before we get to Evan Mobley, let me ask you about this. I was totally surprised at one uh, Isaac Okoro. Let me tell you what. I, I You know, maybe uh, he had a little bit of attitude change. Maybe uh, see people counted him out a little bit. But one thing I was encouraged by is, one, his aggressive nature. Two, the athleticism. And three, it looks like he's being more assertive. It looks like he, he wanted to let people know, hey, look, bro, don't forget that I was a, I, I'm a high lottery pick as well. Uh, what do you see from Isaac Okoro, and what kind of sparked this? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um, I think, first of all, we have to understand that, that what he went through as a rookie, like only people in his draft class have ever gone through that. It was no off-season for him, no time to get acclimated to the new team, no summer league, and then all the COVID protocols that he and other rookies had to deal with. It was just a lot. It was a really tiring season. It was a really difficult season, and circumstances didn't allow for um, every rookie to adjust the way that you would want, right? It took Anthony Edwards about half a season for him to finally figure it out. Uh, LaMelo Ball, it was a little bit quicker, but he also played professionally. So I think we have to start there. And the other thing is this, G. Bush, I talked to Isaac a bunch of different times last year, 
just about his role and what the Cavs were asking him to do <laughs> and the way that he phrased it. And he didn't want it to come across in a negative way, but it's just like what they were asking him to do because he plays with Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, two ball dominant players. Um, they were just asking Isaac to focus more of his attention on the defensive end. He had the toughest defensive assignment and it was his responsibility to try and bother those guys. And because of that, they're like, we don't want to put too much on you on the offensive end because we don't want to overburden you. So his role on offense was cut every now and then, um, but mostly space the floor and set up for three-point shots, which isn't the strength of his game. So I think it's fair to say that, honestly, as a rookie, the Cavs did not put him in the best position to maximize what he can do. And now they're trying to explore some of these different areas of his offensive game because they know he belongs defensively. They know he can handle those assignments. Now they got to figure out, okay, what can he become offensively? And the only way to do that, G. Bush, is give him these kinds of opportunities like they are at Summer League where he has the ball in his hands more, he can play make more, and he can be more aggressive off the bounce. You know, Man, it just seems like I, I don't know. I, it, this is the way it happens. I mean, in the NBA, it's it's a league that's, you know, built on who's your star players, what do they do best, and the team kind of floats in and does things mm -hmm. and fills in the spots. But at some point, don't you have to say, hey, man, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, maybe y'all might not have the ball so much. Maybe right. maybe y'all got to develop your game and other parts of your game to then open it up for the rest of the team because – it looks like I would like to see a coral with the ball, especially in the open court. Is what I've seen in summer league, and with what with Evan Mobley, what he what he's able to do, I definitely want him to have the ball a little bit too. Do you think those guys are going to have to adjust their games, and will we see that a little bit this year? Yeah, absolutely. I think those things are evolving, right? I mean, I think as a rookie, they didn't want to put those responsibilities on Isaac, but now as he moves into his second year. He's more comfortable. He has a better knowledge of what he can do, what he can't do. He has a better knowledge of the NBA game. I do think they're preparing to give him more playmaking responsibilities, more ball handling responsibilities. Ricky Rubio was brought here to take some of that ball handling responsibility from Darius and Colin. And they do have an idea that they're going to try and run things through their forwards, kind of like they're the hub of the offense. Um, that was also part of the plan last year, too. If you remember, they were thinking, okay, we're going to use Larry Nance the way um, where he can be more involved, put the ball in his hands, allow him to facilitate from the elbows and things like that. And the same thing with Kevin Love. Both those guys got hurt. Matthew Dellavedova got hurt, and the ball uh, handling all fell on Darius and Colin. I don't think the Cavs want that going into this year, and I think they've obviously um, made some personnel decisions to help that, and I think schematically they're going to do some things to help that as well. And I do think one of them, again, like you said, is allow Evan Mobley to explore that passing part of his game because of the more, more normal off season for Mobley to get acclimated than it was for a Coro to get acclimated. And I think because of that, they feel like it's not going to be too much for Evan. Let me ask you this, uh, Chris, um, going into it, um, because, you know, obviously, you know, we take a look at some tape, but, you know, as a, as a being a beat reporter, uh, you, you guys are looking at the draft. You guys are looking at uh, the combines. You're looking at all, mm -hmm. the, all these other things that go into it. Where did you have 
Uh, I think for most people, it was a four-guy thing. You know, you got Kate Cunningham, you, you got, uh, you know, a Green, uh, you got Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, and then you got Evan Mobley. Uh, where did you have um, those guys pegged in that order? And, and, and what have you seen in Summer League that may have either changed or confirmed that order prior to? Yeah, so I think going into it, G. Bush, I tried to talk to as many smart people as I possibly could, smarter than me, guys that have seen these guys for a lot longer than I had. And the belief that I got, the consensus that I got, is that there was a top tier of players, and it was three of them. It was Cunningham, Mobley, and Green. And then Suggs was in that second tier, and he was a little bit more distant from those first three guys. The only thing that I think changed based on what I saw in summer league is that um, Suggs probably belonged in that same top tier, in my opinion. And, and the thing that was always hard for me to put him in that top tier, G. Bush, is that the thing that he does best is unquantifiable. His leadership, his intangibles, the it factor. Like, how do you quantify that? You know what I mean? So if you have that as your elite skill, it's not like in, you're an elite athlete the way that Jalen Green is, right? Or you're an elite bucket getter the way that Jalen Green is. You don't have elite size like Evan Mobley and fluidity and versatility. You don't have the elite ISO package of somebody like Cade Cunningham. So you were banking on those other things with Suggs while at the same time wondering if the skills that are tangible that you can quantify – are good enough for him to be put in that same tier. And I think he has shown at Summer League with an improved shot, his vision, his playmaking, like all of those things on top of the it factor make it so that he's probably, I think, going to be a franchise player as well, just like those other guys. Yeah, I, I, looking at it, and, and that was one of the things that, that changed my mind a little bit on the decision that I had. I had – um, Jalen Suggs being a mark down uh, uh, over the top three of Jalen right. Green. But when I, when I saw him play, I was like, wow, he's aggressive. Wow, he's he's kind of he, – he, he's, he's crafty. He can get to the basket. Wow. Right. He can shoot it a little bit. Like, he, he just showed a bunch of other stuff um, that's kind of hard to do uh, if you're just playing one year and, and you play in Gonzaga and we don't watch you that much. But And uh, you know the other thing, too, G. Bush, like mm-hmm. so many people are talking about throughout the draft process, that Suggs didn't have great workouts. And I said this to a few different executives and agents. I said, that dude's a gamer, right? Like, yeah, he's not going to be the guy that you put in a workout and he's going to uh, flash all these different things like Jalen Green. You put him on a court one on oh, and he's going to pop because that kind of environment brings out the best in Jalen Green. Jalen Suggs is going to be at his best in a five-on-five situation. Just roll the ball out there compete and that dude's gonna find a way so like all this stuff about the pre-draft process of him struggling in these pre-draft workouts including one with the toronto raptors which is part of the reason why the raptors went with scotty barnes instead of him it should have been no duh because that's not the environment where he's ever going to be at his best uh talking to chris feed the north arms at chrysler jeep dodge ram hotline he's the Cavs beat reporter for cleveland.com um, you know, moving, digging down and drilling down on, on what Evan Mobley is, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, 
I, you know, you look at it, you, you hear the, and I hate to make the comparisons because it's kind of corny. You're just like, oh, he's tall. Let me make him Chris Bosh. Like, or he, he, he shoots jumpers. He he's, has a little athleticism. Um, on what spectrum is he Kevin Durant or not Kevin Durant? Yeah. Is he more of a Giannis, but not really? Can he, like, so all these things, and when you actually get to watch him, it's kind of like he's none of those things. I was really surprised that he really has the ability he looked comfortable out there, like as far as shooting the ball, as far yeah. as putting the ball on the deck. I like what he what he's able to do. It wasn't like he was hesitant. I was pleasantly surprised on what he could be, and I was pleasantly surprised. I automatically thought, like, hey, he's not just a random pick and pop guy. He might need to get to rock in the post a little bit and do what he wanted yeah. to do and ISO a little bit. Um, what did you see from Evan Mobley uh, and, and that confirmed some of your things that you thought about him going into the pre-draft process? Yeah, I think the way that I phrased it is this. Um, everything that people liked about Evan Mobley, including myself, coming into the process, he showed in Las Vegas at Summer League. And everything that you did not like about him, the fact that he doesn't have a post-up game, um, the fact that he needs to get stronger physically, uh, the fact that he can kind of get pushed around when it comes to going for rebounds, like those small flaws, uh, those showed up at summer league as well. <laughs> so basically who he was coming into summer league is basically who he showed himself to be at summer league. And I think the Cavs had to learn a little bit um, throughout the course of that G Bush, how to best use him, I wrote the story, assistant coach J.J. Otlaw, who is um, the head coach of the Summer League Cavs, he went to Evan after their first game and said, hey, like, where do you like the ball? Where's the best place where you can be used? And Evan Mobley didn't hesitate. He said at the elbow, specifically the left elbow, and you saw that in the second game against Orlando. And that's why, to me, he is Chris Bosh's little brother. Because if you remember Chris Bosh coming into the NBA when he was with Toronto – he lived at the elbows, give him the ball at the elbow, allow him to face the defense. He could take guys off the dribble or he could knock down that midi. And I think Evan Mobley, it's going to be the same kind of way. Don't give him the ball in the post because little dudes can have leverage on him and the bigger dudes are going to overpower him and shove him out of there. Give him the ball with a live dribble at the elbow. Let him face the defense. Let him survey. If he wants to shoot, he can shoot. If he wants to back down, he can back down. If he wants to pass, he can pass. It was clear to me watching him in Vegas, G. Bush, that he was most comfortable away from the basket. And sometimes that was on the perimeter. Sometimes that was on the elbows. And he could take guys off the dribble and get to the rim and finish at the rim. But starting around the rim is probably not the best for him right now because he's just not physical enough. He's just not strong enough. You know, so kind of transitioning into the Cleveland Cavaliers and how this looks, um, how do you see foresee this fitting in? Um, the small forward position, um, you know, you still got Jetty, who seems like he's been here for like 12 years. Uh, you you still you got Isaac Okoro. Obviously, right. you have the two smaller guards in the backcourt. How do you see Evan Mobley fitting in? Uh, is this a situation uh, please tell me he's going to start. I, 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 you know, please just don't don't tell me they slow playing this and, and and we still starting Larry Nance and we 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 got veterans and we we trot uh, Jared Allen out there. People want to know: Can he play with Jared Allen? And are we going to get all of the young guys on the court at the same time to see if this actually works? 
So I think it's a near certainty that he starts from the very beginning. I think um, I think throughout the course of training camp, the Cavs are going to recognize that um, they need what he brings to the table, both offensively and defensively. And there would be a strong enough argument that he is the best option at four. Um, and I think playing him next to Jared Allen can work. It absolutely can, because I think they're different enough. Like the things that Evan did offensively in terms of handling the ball, initiating from the elbows, um, facing up from the outside, off the dribble threes. You saw that a little bit at Summer League. Jared Allen doesn't have that stuff, right? Um, So Evan can kind of fill in the gaps of the skill set that Jared Allen doesn't have. And I think Allen, for now, he's getting stronger. He's becoming more physical. Um, He's more developed than Evan is right now in terms of an around-the-rim player. So, like, he can fill in the gaps that Evan doesn't have. And because of that, I think it's going to be an interesting, unique blend that can work. Um, They've talked to Kevin Love about his role, about his minutes. Even before they drafted Evan Mobley, I was told that the plan was to, to play Kevin in a limited way going into this upcoming season, limiting his minutes, limiting his role, trying to keep him more healthy than they've been able to do that. The Cavs recognize, Kevin Love recognizes, He's not a 25 to 30 minute a night guy anymore, not at this stage of his career. And with Larry Nance Jr., I think there's a belief inside the organization, if he's going to be here at the beginning of the season, that he's probably best in a role between 22 and 26 minutes. Because if you start putting a little bit more on his plate, um, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He hasn't been as effective. At least this is their belief. So because of that, I would say it's a near certainty that Evan Mobley plays. He's probably going to get 30 to 34 minutes a night, somewhere in that range, probably 28 to 34 minutes a night. And I think they're committed to finding out whether Jarrett and Evan can play together. That doesn't mean they're always going to play together. Sometimes they're going to play together. Sometimes they're going to play apart. But I think the only way for them to really figure out, can these guys function together? Can it make us a better team? is by putting out, putting them out there together and getting those answers that way. All right, Chris, 30 seconds. Uh, um, does uh, your man, uh, you know, does A. Colin Sexton uh, end up still on this team at the end of the year? I think yes, um, because I think the value that the Cavs have on Colin is not the value that the rest of the NBA has on Colin. And I think that's been an eye-opener for both the Cavs and for Collins' representation throughout the last, I would say, two months or so as the Cavs have explored his trade market, listened to offers, uh, tried to gauge what other teams would give up in a potential deal for Collins. I think that's been an eye-opener. And because of that, I think the Cavs will always have a hard time, G. Bush, um, getting a deal that they would say yes to because I just don't think teams right now are willing to give the Cavs what they would want in return for Collins. Um, and until that value gets a little bit closer together, then I think Collins going to be here. And I think there's a chance, more of a chance now, that there's more of an agreement that's something other than the max. I think those conversations are going to steer more away from the max rookie extension in the next month or so. Um, and maybe there's 
some wiggle room between the Cavs and Collins reps at this point. Appreciate it, Chris. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. You got it, man. Anytime. Appreciate it. Chris Fido on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.